Welcome to Merrick's Experts, the podcast that provides analysis of current affairs in China. Hello, welcome to Merrick's Experts, the podcast on current affairs in China. I am Claudia Wessling, head of publications at Mercator Institute for China Studies. Today I am joined by Adnan Amir from Pakistan. Hello Adnan, great to have you here in our little studio in Berlin. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Um, let me briefly introduce our guest to you, dear listeners. Adnan is a journalist who has written a lot on China's Belt and Road Initiative and its impacts to Pakistan. Uh, Adnan is writing for media like the Nikkei Asian Review, Financial Times and South China Morning Post. And also he is the founder of the well-known, I would guess, Pakistani online newspaper Baluchistan Voices. Um, we will talk about China's Belt and Road Initiative and how it presently evolves in Pakistan. I don't think I have to do a lot of explanations regarding China's huge infrastructure geopolitical initiative here. Um, the country is investing billions into projects worldwide to expand economically, to give better access to foreign markets to its companies, but also to enlarge its global footprint and establish itself as a global actor. And Back then, in 2013, when BRI was announced by China's President Xi, the plan for an economic corridor between China and Pakistan was already a crucial part of deliberations. Today, the manifold activities China has in Pakistan are framed under the so-called China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, which is abbreviated CPAC. And we will use this term during this interview, so please be aware, dear listeners, um, CPAC is a very crucial part of BRI. China is building highways, industrial infrastructure, power plants and power lines, a harbor in the city of Gwadar. Um, projected costs have moved up to $62 billion. Those are Chinese commitments, mind you, not yet costs that are materialized, but this is a huge amount, one can say. Adnan, why did the Pakistani government back then seek this kind of very far-reaching cooperation with China? Because in 2015 there was a time when Pakistani government was economically not doing really good. So they needed a source as an economic stimulus to the country and the relations with the USA had gone really bad and there was no way for Pakistan to arrange foreign direct investment and China just came as a blessing for them and CPAC was the answer for their economic prayers that there was nobody really willing to invest in Pakistan and then suddenly came the China with the Belt and Road project and CPAC so it was just like all good everything good and it was sold to the Pakistani public that this is going to be a game changer and it's going to face it's going to solve all the economic problems of Pakistan. So in this context, Pakistani government back then in April 2015 signed those China-Pakistan economic corridor projects and you're right, these are very far-reaching and the implications, that their long-term implications, government ignored them, but now we are discussing them and that's a problem. Yeah, we'll come to that later. Um, so at the time, China was sort of the white knight saving Pakistan's economy. Um, how important is the project to China then, in your opinion, or was at the time? Yeah, so as you know, this Belt and Road project, it's considered, it's dubbed as the project of the century. It is like the crown jewel of President Xi and this is, it's going to be his main legacy. So he wants this to be very successful. The Belt and Road has a lot of components. It has six corridors and among all these corridors 
the CPAC, the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, is the largest corridor in terms of uh, economic value and also it's the only corridor which is with single country. All the other corridors are with multiple countries. So this is the only corridor or the only component of BRI where China is dealing with just only one country. So that's the reason the CPAC is called as the flagship project of uh, Belt and Road and the success of C uh, CPAC is the success of Belt and Road. So in order to make BC Belt and Road a success story, the Chinese government, the Chinese administration and the team of President Xi would definitely want CPAC to be a success and that's why it matters a lot to them. Of course, and Pakistan also has very high importance strategically for China, I would guess. Um, can you say a little bit, uh, now we are like five years into the project, how has this changed your country? Well, I think this is a very tricky question to answer. What I can say is that uh, the change has been no way near what was expected. Because CPAC was sold as an economic game changer, it is going to solve the energy crisis, it is will bring an industrial revolution, it will create a lot of jobs and none of this has happened. So what the only difference CPAC has made that this, the projects, the power generation projects have contributed like electricity of 10,000 megawatts into the power system. So now we have more electricity production capacity as we had as compared to 2015. But then Pakistan has other problems. The transmission system which is used to transport that electricity from one part to the other part is missing. It is like it's not properly there. So even if we have a lot of electricity we cannot just apply it to everywhere in the country. So the problem still remains there. And there has not been any major development when it comes to creating new industries or to getting more foreign direct investment and there have also not been a lot of new job creation. So even government claims that uh, so far CPAC has resulted in creating 70,000 jobs, but I even doubt that figure. Okay, um, so this missing infrastructure you just mentioned could theoretically speaking, of course, also be built by Chinese companies. Um, uh, no, no, again, that's, that's again the tricky part. And you, as you said, that... Um, in 2015 when they signed this agreement so they the problem was that there was a power shortage so they signed an agreements to generate more power but they just completely overlooked the fact that Pakistan also has a problem with their distribution system and no like that was completely ignored that that was not discussed with China and that's even now not a part of the CPAC and it's not going to happen so again this is like the sort of short-sighted and short-term decision making which Pakistan government took and they needed like rather than focusing everything on power generation if they had worked on uh, uh, on the improving the capacity of this transmission then definitely this would have improved the electricity situation in the country which it did not so far okay so so there is a certain sense of disappointment i feel uh, from what you just said um and um probably people are asking themselves who is profiting or benefiting from this uh CPAC initiative, Chinese companies ha already had a strong presence in Pakistan before this whole thing started. And with CPAC, they were able to expand their position, I would guess, without even having to tender, maybe. Um, how do the population or also competing businesses in Pakistan react to this development, to this seemingly quite overwhelming Chinese presence mm. in the economy and maybe even in the society? Is there a sort of cultural thing also involved? Yeah, so I, I don't think the Chinese companies had a very strong presence in Pakistan pre-CPAC. Mm -hmm. They had a presence, but it was not very strong. And after CPAC, 
like you you're right that they got the chinese companies got the contracts without any tenders and this was like the part of an unwritten or like undisclosed arrangement that pakistan had with china that if china is going to lend something or invest in a project then for example it is going to build an highway or it is going to build a power plant then a chinese company will get the contract so like this is like a undisclosed understanding of of the cpec and when chinese companies are getting these opportunities so definitely the pakistani companies are not and the backlash it is imminent and it is happening as i said uh, abdul razak daud is one of the famous industrialists in pakistan and also happens to be a member of the cabinet in pakistan so he like publicly opposed uh, cpec in september 2018 and he said that uh, cpec is not in interest of pakistan and all the cpec projects should be put on hold for a year and they should be reviewed and it was like a very strong statement from him but again then china came very hard on them and he had to you know retract his statement saying that he was misquoted but what he was saying he basically since he's an industrialist is a major business owner so he was representing the business community in pakistan because like they are not getting anything out of this arrangement in fact they are losing because of the economic opportunities are limited economic opportunities whatever pakistan has are going to the chinese companies which are already affluent already doing really well and the pakistani companies are already in a position of disadvantage and they even then they are not going to the contract so definitely they they are not going to like it and it was one of the reasons that the businesses or the businessmen like them put their weight Uh, in the basket of Imran Khan during the elections and the, they opposed the Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif who actually signed those agreements. So yeah, so the business community, their backlash has not been really much loud or very much public but definitely they are not happy with that arrangement of CPEC at the moment. And you just mentioned that there was a change in the Pakistani government since August 2018. Imran Khan is the new Prime Minister. Prime Minister, sorry. Um, And uh, ever since he started, um, there have been more critical voices on the China-Pakistani um, economic corridor. Even people from the official side have publicly spoken about it and criticized the project. Um, what does that mean? Is Pakistan slowly pulling out of uh, CPAC? Well, I think... Uh Uh, as we discussed earlier, the previous government of Pakistan, the Nawaz Sharif's government, con conceded way too much concessions to China by when it came to signing those agreements. And now the current government, even before coming to power, like they realized that there is something wrong with the CPEC, Pakistan is giving away too much, and we need to change this. And now once they have, they they got power, so they are like on this agenda that they want. They don't want to completely end CPEC, which is not going to be possible for them because they have written, they have signed agreements and Pakistan relations with China are like much more than CPEC. So they just don't want to uh, earn the ire of China in that. But at the same time, they think that Pakistan is a very like very poor country, undeveloped country, no economy is not doing really well. And even for a project like CPEC, if Pakistan is conceding too much, that has to change. So they are in a very, they are in a tricky situation where they are, they have to ask for more concessions, but at the same time, they cannot. Uh, like earn the displeasure of China so they are in a very tricky position and what they are trying to do is like they are like demanding or expressing it in a very like a, as I would say implicit way but definitely they are trying and they are trying to earn more uh, concessions from China but last year when Prime Minister Imran Khan visited China so the, and after that visit a joint press release was, was issued and in which it was categorically mentioned that the projects will not be reviewed so the government of pakistan is trying but so far china has showed no signs that it will give any major concession to pakistan on these cpec projects so no no movement from the chinese side uh, do you think the pakistani government will will be content with this non-movement or will they 
insist on changing the conditions of I heard there's more than 50 memoranda of understanding uh, been signed uh, regarding the whole corridor. Well, I think, uh, yeah, government of Pakistan definitely wants to change this arrangement and they will keep on doing so. They will con continue their efforts. But at the same time, uh, the China is, is like the major partner here. This is not like a relationship of equals. So it's more like China is the one and Pakistan is more like the client state here. So the government can like uh, will st still continue its demand but uh, uh, it is not in a position to like really uh, like demand with china as for example malaysia did because malaysia doesn't have like the same dependence on china as pakistan has and even now the latest kashmir situation has further increased the dependence of pakistan on china because now china is the only country which has openly came in support of pakistan and pakistan needs that support so i think because of this kashmir situation the government's, uh, I would say, disguised opposition to CPAC will calm down for a while. All right. Uh, may I briefly refer to a completely different topic? What about cultural issues? I mean, Pakistani people and Chinese people are very different from each other, I would guess. Has this somehow hampered the progress of the whole endeavor of the BRI projects or are there tensions that can be sensed when Chinese people travel through Pakistani cities? Well, I think over the years, because of Islamization, Pakistan has become a very like hard country for foreigners to travel. Any foreigner who like comes to Pakistan who is like who does not look like Pakistanis, it's very difficult for them. And same, for example, for Chinese in that matter. But over the years, because of this media and because of Pakistan's relations with China, people of Pakistan are friendly to the Chinese. Like this is not the case for the Westerners, for them. And people people in Pakistan blame West for all their problems, but not to China. And China is not criticized. And even that was the before CPAC and also the situation remains the same. But during this process of CPAC, there was influx of Chinese and a lot of people from China came to Pakistan to work on CPAC projects or for, even for, to work as a in, privately or independently. And uh, there were like... Through these exchanges, there were people, some criminals, Chinese criminals who also entered Pakistan and they were involved and later on they were caught carrying out these frauds on ATM machines, on cash, cash machines and they, then later on there were like Chinese gangs which were busted, which they were, what they were doing is they were trying to lure women into marriage and later take them to China and to force them into prostitution. So this was an issue and like it made it into a media. But still even that issue did not like create any, any really negativity for the people of China in Pakistan because the government and the media does not want that to happen. So I think whatever the Pakistan government approaches towards CPAC and why it is just or not backing out or why it is hesitant, it is nothing to do with cultural differences. It is more because government thinks that economically we are not getting much out of it. So so culturally still China is like, we can say is like a, a favorite brother in Pakistan, despite okay. all the differences. Um, and when looking at it from the other side, um, how do the Chinese, the, the people who engage in the projects, uh, how important is security for them? Because many of the projects I imagine uh, are situated in places in Pakistan that are not utterly safe, where there's trouble with maybe extremism. Um, how does the Chinese side deal with yes, so, such kind of problems? So, so generally, like Pakistan... Uh, because of the war on terror and uh, all the situation, all the terrorism going on in the last decade or so, Pakistan is again like uh, 
the security for the foreigners was always an issue and for chinese uh, like it, it it has been okay in for example the punjab province and the sindh province the two bigger eastern provinces but in the in the southwestern province of balochistan the, the security is a huge problem because there is a separatist insurgency going on and the insurgents blame china uh, and they claim it to be an imperial force and they attack the chinese people and they attack them they, they have even started carrying suicide attacks against them so so, so chinese are like they cannot move freely in balochistan they need they can only move in like very heavy security so it's it, it's a problem for them and in order to solve this problem the government of pakistan created a special security division a few years back and the purpose it is like a more than 20000 strong force and it is like deployed to protect those chinese so security is a huge concern huge concern for china and china keeps on pushing pakistan to improve the security but publicly china says that we are happy with whatever pakistan is doing for us and uh, one of the, the baloch insurgents who was like involved in attacks on china he, he, he was killed in a suicide bombing in kandahar afghanistan so that threat no more exists but it's it's its organization is still there so the threats i would say have been reduced a bit but they still remain there and uh, chinese cannot like op- move freely in in balochistan province and that also impact that also affects the progress of cpac projects because if they could move freely then it would have been a lot easier for them sure and projects would move on faster i would guess why is balochistan such a center of chinese activity yeah it's because of the gavadar port because mm-hmm. The CPAC, the entire, the basic idea behind CPAC is that it would connect Kashgar city in China or in Xinjiang province to the Arabian Sea, and the Gavadar is a port on the Arabian Sea. So the idea is that uh, the behind this corridor is that the Chinese ships and Chinese ships would dock on Gavadar, and all the like, for example, things would then go upstream to the Kashgar, and like, for example, if China has to export something, they will just bring things to the Gavadar port via road, and from the Gavadar then then they will take the sea route so that's why it's the center stage and that's gavadar port is the main like i would say the most important thing or the most important component of cpac and that's why there has to be a heavy chinese presence and in order to connect gavadar with the rest of the pakistan so they have to build highways and they have to build railway line and they have to build a power plant to supply electricity to, to the gavadar because gavadar is a very underdeveloped city before the cpac even till now there has not been a major improvement but the cpac uh, includes developing gavadar so so that's why there's a, a huge chinese presence in balochistan and that's why there are attacks against them so a lot of infrastructure that would have to be created from scratch to make gavadar operational exactly all right um there there have been repeated reports on uh, that the chinese people's liberation army might at some point move into gavadar to have ships there is that uh, is there a truth to it and is that something the pakistani government approves of well i think it's uh, we have read and heard these uh, claims mainly in the western media that people liberation army is coming and there was a report in a american newspaper that uh, the group of chinese so like military advisors have visited a place near gavadar port where they are going to establish their naval base but so far like on the ground they, they, there has not been any such development so far there is no pla in balochistan and so far like there are not there have not been any indications that they are going there 
there is a theory that in future like the people's liberation army will be deployed to protect like the belt and road projects but so far we are not at that stage and i can say that uh, everything about presence of people's liberation army in balochistan are nothing but rumors okay and the chinese side of course has never confirmed any of these reports so yeah. let's just leave it open for the time being sure. this is merrick's experts Hi everybody, you're listening to Merrick's Experts, the podcast on current events in China. I am Claudia Wessling and today I am joined by journalist Adnan Amir from Pakistan. We are talking about China's Belt and Road Initiative, which affects Pakistan in many instances. Adnan, I would briefly like to um, talk about your work as a journalist on mm -hmm. these topics. Um, how difficult is it for journalists like you to do research on CPEC-related projects? And is that still, as it was in the beginning, considered treason to con to talk negatively on the Chinese-Pakistani cooperation in that area? Mm. Does that trouble okay. you? So, yeah. So, basically, uh, from 2015 to 2018, it, it was, uh, CPEC was considered as a taboo topic and the government did not like criticism on it. I remember, like, we had a minister, Asan Iqbal, he was like the man in charge of CPEC and he openly said that anyone who criticizes CPEC is like uh, doing treachery against Pakistan. So, so it, it was not very welcome. But now things have changed. So now, because a lot more and more people are writing against CPEC and now it, it has become easier to report on CPEC. And uh, during this period, there was a Chinese deputy ambassador called, he, he was no, he, his name was Li Jian Zhao and he was active on Twitter and he was like, very aggressive any journalist who would have just uh, criticized cpec he would have just attacked them and just in a very undiplomatic way so i would say like uh, if you are a journalist and if you were written anything that was even remotely negative about cpec you would have faced like a lot of like um, aggressive attacks at least on social media and the same thing continues now but now i think that things have changed and now there are more and more journalists and academics have now started openly writing how the cpec is like not in the interest of pakistan or how or there is always a demand to make it more transparent so that the people can know what those are agreements are and still like the government has not made those agreements public okay let's briefly turn to one geopolitical question that has been in the news recently also, the conflict surrounding Kashmir and India, Pakistan, China, this whole triangle. Um, what role does this rivalry between India and China and between Pakistan and India play for the development of these BRI, Belt and Road projects in your country? Yeah, I think this, uh, this development in Kashmir has like, uh, been a blessing in disguise for CPEC for the CPEC itself because Pakistan government was hesitant to continue the CPEC because it was feeling it was not getting anything from it. China was again not willing to concede much so there was sort of a deadlock but now because of this uh, development on Kashmir Pakistan has moved closer to the China and in order to appease China Pakistan has like uh, established a CPEC authority to expedite the work on on CPEC so the, because of this Kashmir issue uh, on one hand uh, I think it's a good omen for the CPEC and Pakistan will cooperate more with China and things can go well but at the same time it is also a problem because uh, if things escalate in Kashmir which they can we saw what happened in February uh, this year so if things escalate then again the CPEC will be a victim because like uh, the Gilgit Baltistan region in north of Pakistan is like a choking point for CPEC. So if that region engulfs in a conflict or something, then 
any activity connecting Pakistan and China will be suspended and which will which would be like a nightmare scenario for Belt and Road and for CPEC. So Pakistan and China both don't want it. And uh, but again, the way things are going with India, it, we never know. And like we we all anticipate, we all expect that it does not go to that same level of February once again. Mm, let's see. That's really a developing story that I can imagine you as a journalist mm. will be covering when you come oh. back to Pakistan. Um, my last question would be, um, given all these tensions surrounding the cooperation on the Belt and Road projects in your country, um, what do you think will become of the China-Pakistan economic corridor in the future? I think uh, the government of Pakistan will keep on asking for more concessions that uh, this they, they don't agree and they, they will not be content with the status quo so they will make all the efforts possible on the other hand china will not give any major concessions so there has to be a balance there has to be which both countries have to strike china like it is the is the bigger power and like they have the money and resources so they might concede a few things and here and there but they are not going to make any major concessions and the, at the same time so so it is a difficult situation for pakistan because pakistan is like legally bound to follow those agreements they cannot just get out of them so so they, they are in a very tricky situation so i think this uh, uh, once this kashmir situation cools down then again Pakistan government will ask for more concessions and China will be just uh, trying to pacify the government at the same time, not giving major concessions. So I think this will continue for, for in the near future. Something to watch for all of us, of course. given that Pakistan is a really important country in the region and also for the rest of the world, so to say. Thanks, Adnan Amir, for being here. Um, all the best for your work and for the projects that are waiting for you. Well, this was Merrick's Experts, the podcast on current developments in China. I am Claudia Wessling and wish our listeners a good day. Thanks for listening, everybody. You have been listening to Merrick's Experts, the podcast from the Makato Institute for China Studies in Berlin. If you want to learn more about our work, please visit us at merricks.org.